0: Technique. Razor blunt commentary delivered with a special purpose. What's
1: happening to my special
0: purpose? It's the Killer Bees, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN
2: 97.5. It's the Killer Bees here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. I am Joe George alongside Joe Blank. You can find us on Twitter at Joel at Joe George Radio. BMAC behind the glass. On Twitter at sacked by BMac. So we kind of roughly at the beginning of the show talked about untouchables in in which players you would not trade if you were the Astros. But I want to look at it more as just because I think there's there's clearly two conversations, right? Joel, there's uh, who is untouchable if you are trading for a player that has immense control like Luis Robert versus the guy like Cody Bellinger, who obviously yes, it's a lesser player, but they're going to be a free agent at the end of the season. So if you look at your untouchable players just for a rental, like do you – let's start with Drew Gilbert because
0: I include him. I would not – Untouchable? I would not include – For a rental, absolutely. Yeah. You have to have the security of knowing whoever Drew Gilbert brings back for you that regardless of what he may end up being able to or can't do, you're getting someone that can help you do what your team's trying to do for the next several years, and so, and he's got to be more than just like a, a position filler. He's got to be someone that adds to your lineup. I'm all about and have never shied away from trading a prospect for a proven top quality type player, and the Astros haven't been either with the way that they went after several guys that they've added to and helped them had success. But in Drew Gilbert's case, because it's a do, it, it's a it's a double edged sword your farm systems depleted anyway. He's a guy that actually fits a perfect spot in your lineup currently that you're going to need help in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's being held back or in a in a backloaded jam where he's ne- he's never going to play. You're going to have to get someone that is like a corner outfielder that can help you for the next 3-4 years at a really good level, at a decent level or or you're right. He's every this is why when we talk about untouchables, every scenario is different. So depending on who you're getting back, things change. Altuve is completely untouchable in my mind, no matter what the deal is. There's just too much history, too much emotion. Yeah, of course. And still too much success on the field. Honestly, I can't believe that anyone's even throwing his name out there. Jordan to me is untouchable because not only is when he's on your team, he is their best player, but even with the injuries, you got him at such a steal of a deal for the length of the contract that you got him for that unless he completely falls off the planet, that in today's baseball, with what salaries have gotten to, and what guys are getting paid to do less than what he does, you don't give that guy up, hundred percent. So those two is where it starts. Yeah, but
2: like, but for because I don't think like we would even like we would never consider Kyle Tucker being moved for a rental. Nope. Like, but what for Luis I, Robert? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like, it's two very different conversations, right? But well, where are you at with Jake Myers? Take him. Even for a rental? Because like,
0: I like Jake. I think long-term, he's not part of it. But, okay, like, but this goes back to a conversation, Joe, that you were have you and I were having earlier. Who wants him? Right? Because you got to have a demand out there or at least an interest enough by one, if not more, teams to say, that guy makes my team better in center field. I want that guy. So now maybe I'm more willing to give you who you want. Yeah. Because someone's got to want him to be able to give up First of all, to say I'll pass on a prospect, a double A that might be a better player or have a career as opposed to or an A player that might have a lot of potential as opposed to tang, a guy that's already been in the major leagues and he's had some ups. He's had some really crazy bad downs and he's also been hurt and he can't throw right now. So it's tougher for me to say Jake, Jake Myers to me because he's also Chas McCormick to me seems like more like your, your, your center fielder of the near future. So I don't need him. So I do what I did when I got Dubon and take a guy that's backloaded at catcher that it was never going to play, and I get a Mauricio Dubon who turns into a guy that can. It's great, but Jake Myers has more value, I think, to another team than he does to you. Agreed.
1: Yeah, no, I was just going to agree with that. There's no conversation that I would stop if they brought up the name – uh, of Jake Myers, I mean, he's I mean, he's he's a good defensive player, but he's hitting two thirties, OPS is under seven hundred, and you want to have Chaz out there more anyway. So if that's what it takes to get the deal done, then sure. I mean, I'm not looking to move him necessarily. Uh, I do value him as a, as death and his defense, but if that's the name it takes, by all means, take him. I
2: I think the only guys I would consider like untouchables fully are the ones we've mentioned. For a rental, I I would also obviously Hunter Brown. Would not include any kind of rental deal.
1: Yeah, same thing with Javier. Javier,
2: of course. Nobody even consider mentioning From Valdez unless you're really pushing for a lack of content on your station. Um, I like JP France enough where you're at health-wise in terms of Luis Garcia and Lance McCullers over the next two years that I would not consider trading JP France for a rental. He's shown me enough that I just... Even if it was for a bullpen arm that can help you, I'm concerned long-term about the Astros' rotation over next year that, like, J.P. France has been stable enough to where I would like to keep him on the roster. I
0: think for this year, you have to, you have to as much as you're always thinking about the future, if your true focus is making this team is as good as it can be this year and also kind of, like they like to do, have their insurance policies in case injuries happen, J.P. France is too valuable to get rid of for this year. Mm -hmm. In the offseason, if you know that the medicals are great on the guys you're getting back and you think that there's opportunities for you to do other things and some team is enamored with JP France, now that's a different conversation. But for the rest of this season, based on what has happened, what is up in the air as to what is going to be, and the fact that he has been steady, you can't trade him from your ball club this year. Yep. Is there anyone else
2: that you would consider non-tradable for a rental we got a text is there anyone for, in the bullpen that you would consider
0: not 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 available we got a text earlier in early the show that said a bray is untradeable i mean untouchable yeah i don't think he is i don't think he is really i think i think if you get another quality piece for him i still have concerns about how he sometimes just falls off a ledge again
1: is that because you're comfortable with a bray being elevated to closer
0: for me yeah like I, I know. Well, you're saying he's untouchable because he no, doesn't... I'm
1: saying you're you're you. you i am saying, are you okay with Presley being moved because you're comfortable with Abreu? I'm not saying get...
0: Presley being moved. I'm they they said Abreu's untouchable. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. I don't think Abreu's untouchable because Presley is your closer. Even though they think Abreu could be your closer in the future, I still go back to it. I know Jeremy and I go back and forth on this, and I don't care about the ERA or just the common numbers in baseball. I care about the eye test and the fact that when he creates his own trouble, self-inflicted wounds. And when he gets in high leverage situations, aside from last year's playoffs where he was great, but even this season, there are times when he inherits runners or he puts runners on base that he kind of zones out, and a true closer can't do that. So, is he more like, likely to be a guy that I you know tooth and nail are going to fight to keep? Sure, but if the right deal comes along, he's not untouchable.
2: Yeah, I just I I because I guess like the when Dana Brown talks about like the major league roster to somewhere else. You could consider Brayu. I just, I can't imagine a trade that would make me feel good about the Astros. that included Brian Abreu. But look at
0: the kid in Anaheim. Look at the different guys that are being called up now. that are throwing 98 to 100. It's one thing to just have a, a powerhouse arm. It's what else can you do to pitch, to actually pitch. You know, one thing is to locate and, and be able to have above average breaking pitches and secondary pitches. But then how do you handle high leverage? How do you handle stress? Yep. We saw Josh Josh James. Josh James had an all-world arm, and, and he had a pinball machine going on between his ears that he could never freaking get bonus points for. So, at the end of the day, they cut bait.
1: I mean, it could just be fatigue, but to, to go with you a little bit on that, Joel, I mean, I'm looking at Abreu's a season this year. Since May 24th, the ZRA is 430. Yeah. He, str- he struggled the last couple months. Now, it could be just use because he and Maton, yeah, uh-huh. they're near the league and innings pitch for yep. relievers. But this could be, I mean, I'm not saying it's as extreme as Rafael Montero's. He was only good one season, but it's kind of, kind of similar to That's why he's, he's only good him. one season. So this may be a, a, a regression to what his actual mean is.
2: I, I think I just, I, I would hope for the future that he is the closer of this team post-Presley. And that's why I would hope that he is an untouchable player just because I would... Watching last year through the World Series, like that was my expectation for Brian Abreu. That at some point, he'll take over for Ryan Presley, who's, like I think, two saves away from 100 career saves. and It'll be 99 of them are with the Astros. I don't really think I have everyone else in this category. Like, Promber's I, I, well, untouchable, yeah, Bromber, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Pena's untouchable for sure in terms of... Robert
0: may not be untouchable in the next couple of years if they can't sign him. I... Look... I want to know what Jim Crane, how Jim
2: Crane's going to approach this stuff now that, in theory, he has stability. Because I do think that using George Springer and Carlos Correa and all these guys walking is almost unfair. Like when you look at this organization, and as George Springer is getting ready to leave, you were forced to fire your GM, and your new GM was not going to make. You chose to fire your GM. I think you were forced. In, in, In click. No, uh Luno. Oh, and Luno. That like you're forced you're to fire Luno. James Cook's first move isn't gonna be to fire I mean to trade George Springer. Like so like I don't think I think, you know, talking about Fromber and Tucker, we had that conversation last week of like, would you trade Tucker before he walked? I wonder what the answer would have been for George Springer if Jeff Luno never it's lost good,
0: his good job. question. It's a good question. Because again, not you're 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 right on spot on with the fact that as a as a new general manager the first, and I always say this: I judge general managers by their first big move, their impactful moves. If your first impactful move wasn't to add, but to subtract, one of the biggest fan oh, favorite you. players, the whole city hates you, and now you already got a target on your back, and you don't want that as a yeah. first-time GM. I just, I, I, really wish like we could see what history would have played out.
1: But like. what would you even move Springer for?
0: I don't know, like to, re- but, to reset your oh, The Yankee. There are teams that, in a playoff push, are going to go. Yeah, we may overspend a little bit to get a George Springer on our team for the, yeah. for the push. I,
1: I just feel that as, as short-sighted, though, because the Astros were currently in their window. I just don't see – because there's never a guarantee that the pieces you get back to strengthen your, your farm system. Yeah, you are
0: – you do take uh, – again, you couldn't make a move that – I understand the the business decision that you're going to lose Springer anyway, so you get something for him. But if it, if it deters you from or gives you a lesser-than chance to win it the, the year you're in it, then is it worth
2: doing. Yeah, I mean, it's never a deadline move. Like when we talked about Kyle Tucker and like the idea that like you know Lance had kind of thrown around was that you know you trade Kyle Tucker before he walks. And I think we were pretty we had a pretty lengthy discussion. I still don't even know like where I fully would land. I would lean towards never trade him and just let him walk eventually and keep your window open. I just wonder what someone like Jeff Luno, who's so analytically driven, so prospect driven, that if he had the real opportunity to reset this franchise with Springer and Correa, how he would have handled it. And that's why like, I don't think it's fair to, you know, when you talk about the long term of Tucker, to compare
0: that to what happened with those two guys. The, the thing to me, too, is as much as we talked about, about Tucker, there's a conversation to be had down the road that people don't realize how old Fromber is. That if is going to play tough love on the contract, there's a time where you might be faced with an opportunity and or a situation where you might explore trading from Revolta. I'm fascinated what his contract will eventually look like. I know what he wants it to look like, but I don't think it's realistic with the Astros. Yeah, because, see, the thing is, like, though, the, like, the years, I think,
2: could match up with what the Astros normally do. Like, how, many, but,
0: ooh, how many think he's... I think he's going to want at least five. I mean, I would do five. But I'm saying that's... A well...
1: I would absolutely do five. I thought he knows he's twenty eight, I think, right? 29.
2: People like the reported offer now his agent denied that this offer actually came through. I don't remember the dollar figure, but the year was five this last off season. Yeah, but they five were,
1: I would absolutely do. I would go up to six as well. But the thing
2: is is that would you go up to five when the contract's over? Like, cause that's what, that's what gets challenging is that, of course, I think everyone will go five or six today.
1: Yeah, but they've done contracts before where they rip up the current years and basically replace oh, yeah. it with a new deal.
2: I just don't know if his agent will do it. I'd like them to, but these Major League Baseball agents are tough, man. Like, it's hard not to look at Max Scherzer and from, and Justin Verlander's forty million $40 million dollar year contracts and not be like, hey, if I'm from this, I kind of want the same thing. Uh, he's Joe Blank. I'm Joe George BMAC behind the glass producing for us today. Maybe. One of the dumbest things I see on this planet in regards to sports is officially happening. Love you, Blue is back. We talk about it next year on The Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.
1: It's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy this next bit of brilliance with Joel and Jeremy. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, it's The Killer Bees.
0: Joe George and Joel Blank
2: here with you on the Killer Bee. Still 3 o'clock. Uh, PC, Patrick Creighton, who's in the chat right now on Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. We'll be co-hosting with Joel tomorrow. Jeremy will return on Monday. Um, but Joel, one thing that I I just can't wrap my brain around and I don't understand. I don't get why the Titans are wearing these Oilers jerseys this year. They officially leaked... And like the first one I saw was the Derrick Henry Oilers jersey. It says Love You Blue on the inside of the collar, on the back of the jersey. I don't I just don't get it. Like, I wish someone could explain this to me besides pettiness. Well, it, that's what exactly this what it is. And
0: it starts with the Adams family, starting with Bud and now his daughter. That this is the exact reason why that they they made sure to, to take total control of and maintain the rights to the colors, the logo with the Derek and everything that has to do with the Oilers, because at some point it was either preventing the uh, new Houston team from being able to use it. Yeah. And and as an offshoot of, that, offshoot of that, have the ability to, if you do get a new team, throw it in your face that it was still our team. And we, we have all the memories in terms of what people fondly remember sitting in all those retired jerseys in, in, in Tennessee make zero sense to me because they all happened in Houston. Yep. But there is a point to be made from the, the when you talk to the ex Oilers that say the Texans have basically also drawn a line in the sand and cut off all the Oilers and the ties, basically saying that wasn't our franchise because of it. Well and that's bad. The you hear you talk to Warren Moon, you talk to Pastorini, you talk to these guys, but they'll all say we get treated great in Nashville because yeah. they honor us and they they Remember us, yep. Houston doesn't. Well, and, and because they don't they didn't play here. Like I, which I get that part
2: of it. Like I get why no one um the the Baltimore Ravens don't any don't honor anyone from the Colts. From like for the original Colts, right? Right. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was the Colts. When yep. they just up and left one mm-hmm. night. Yeah. Like I I get why you do that. And look, look, the the Thunder, like Gary Payton's jersey is not retired by the Thunder. They have Nick Collins uh, in the jersey. I'm looking at their list right now. It's actually pretty stunning. They didn't carry over the Sonic's retired ca- numbers? I guess they they did. I think they did. But they just have chosen not to do those guys. Like they have So Peyton was still playing, so they never retired. Like they have number. Jack Sigma is retired. Okay. They have Spencer Haywood, okay. Lenny Wilkins, yep. Nate McMillan, but they don't have Gary Payton
0: retired. See, that's
2: that's so like it feels like they brought the ones over. It's an awkward but they chose ceremony. Not, like they brought the old ones over, but they chose to also ignore. That's
0: bad, though. Because like the the that last part of history, like Gary Payton gets screwed for having a Jersey retirable type career, Hall of Fame career. That's yeah, that's 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 awkward. But I I just think that this is this sucks if you are a Texans or a Houston football fan mm-hmm. because you were all oiler fans if you were in this city, and you know that love you blue is a Houston thing so much so that your basketball team tried to adopt their colors for a year to try and capitalize on it. Mm-hmm. That color, that logo, those colors, that whole era is Houston. Yep. And the Adams family is simply trying to it's stick, stick a knife in and screw and, and twist it to screw you over and make you feel bad. But what's so interesting, though, is that, and that's where,
1: like,
2: it feels like it almost does look personal in a way. Oh, it totally is. How could it like,
1: not be personal? It but totally like, is.
0: But, like, Why? Like, because, like, because in their they mind, wanted, they never wanted to leave, and if and you see this all the time on social media, the people that say if you did, and Bud didn't deserve to be treated the way he any other way than the way he got treated, yeah, and he and Mayor Bob Lanier at the time and everybody they were at odds, and it was never going to get rectified, and Bud was trying to be a, a Bogart and bully, and and so basically push came to shove, and Bud left, but in their mind. If Bud got what he wanted, they never would have left. But if the city would have given it to him, it could have created a totally, totally different situation for the city yeah. that would have been hard to take. So, yeah, like, in Who's their left? mind, they're doing this because they think they should have never left Houston.
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone is the hero of their own story, right? They believe they were wrong in not getting what they wanted for the upgrades to either the Astrodome or just the new, stadium, new stadium in general. Sure. So, and,
0: and which, which, but well, but then they got to feel that heroic thing exactly. by going to a city that didn't have football and bring football, and be what they always thought they should have been here in Houston.
2: Yeah, and and, and, and look, to be honest, like in some way like they're correct. Because they left in, what, 97, 98? 96 was their last season. I mean, 96, and then the Texans started in 2001.
1: 2002.
2: Yeah, 2002 was their first official season, right. so it took six years. For yep. like for the new stadium to get built at the
0: Oilers, wanted well, the NFL the whole time. had granted grant, grant them a franchise too.
2: Yeah, like they got granted a franchise, they got a new stadium, and like everything the Oilers in theory wanted, they could have, they should have got.
1: They could have gotten in six years.
2: Yeah, like they just, they couldn't in get that. Yeah, because it was like it was clearly a, like looking back, like from like the history that I've read, it really felt like the city of Houston just thought the Oilers never would have left. Like it's like it's almost
0: like they tried there to do that. Well, there
1: was definitely it, a feeling of no one really believed they would actually go through. Like, it. like yeah. No exactly. one thought they'd leave,
0: but they also said they also thought at the time this goes completely to what we were talking about earlier about when a player says I want out or threatens I want out, but then says where I want to go, at a certain point you have to put your foot down and say, I'm not doing that. I think it was at a time with a lot of cities that were going to be possibly facing the similar situations down the road that, that Bob Lanier felt like from a city perspective. We cannot succumb and bow down to a sports team because it's going to set a bad precedent for everybody else and it could put us in a really bad situation. Look, they're still paying off the Dome. I mean, there were bad sports deals for sports stadiums and teams all over the place and they didn't want to be in a situation where they were still paying off the Dome and and creating another stadium for an owner that was volatile. I still can't believe that thing just sits there. There has to, there should have been a use for it a long time ago. Yeah, there's, and
1: there's not. You can only, the only thing you can do is tear it down, but they never will.
0: It's but, just, but it's, the fact of the matter is, as, as long as you're still paying us. on it, try to make it useful, even if it's like parking. You know, do something to where at least the building has some use, as opposed to just being. Uh, a home for rats would and, you, and mold. If they cleaned in out
2: asbestos.
1: like
0: if
2: they cleaned out like the inside, just so you could just like just drive your car in there and just like park underneath the Astrodome. Would you trust that thing to hold no. for your car? I, I think over, I wouldn't. No, <laughs> and I know it's been standing, but I'm not going to be there like the one day
0: where like I'm at a Texans game and it falls. You've already started. You know, you sold off the seats. You were selling off things a yeah. while back. That should be the first step in getting ready to demolish it or do something with it. And, yeah, you can keep the, like, framework. But even when I saw everything from the mall to the sports facility with the glass walls to all the different things that they had suggested, There's at least so you would have gotten some use out of it. I still, It's weird because, like, they still occasionally will, like,
2: talk about, that like, the dome and that they want to do something with it.
0: Every time that someone suggests something, it gets shot down at some point in, as it reaches higher levels of government. I think my favorite thing I heard
2: was that someone said they would turn it into, like, one of those indoor ski jump facilities. I had heard... Like, of all, like,
0: the random things... Shopping could- mall with a hotel around it. I had, The last one was, like I said, like, a, a venue for high school and, and college teams to play where you could either buy that a ticket be cool, and be though. in, yeah. or there were glass wall sections where you could watch. I mean, it's also just an eyesore for everybody that you know, even national TV and everything. When they come in for big events, at the, and that everybody, yeah, but they love there? it. But what they are they it. doing with it? I know, but they every single time that there's a national TV event in Houston, the the dome gets shown off, but the black and white pictures come out. Not what, yeah, yeah what they've let it become, and that there's no there's no use for it. Uh, my biggest question I have is not even with the dome. I kind of wonder like if NRG, if that'll just sit, sit there. I don't think so because I it. think they're already talked about and they've already done some of the upgrades. They're going to continue to upgrade that thing to keep it modern and current. Plus, it's it's a building that's gotten you Final Fours, a national college national championship coming, yes, Super Bowls. But I think the Super Bowl era is over for coming here. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they'll ever come back here again. Why? Because they all these new stadiums keep coming. But if they, especially if they're new stadiums in cold weather cities, they're going to appease you once. But because it's Houston and the weather is going to be conducive. And there's going to be opportunities to do other things. I think they'll still be in the and look like I said with all star games, final fours, national championships, and college yeah, get football, cool Super Bowls. Too. You're going to get a lot of they'll they'll look here again. Yeah, I, I think maybe
2: like I I just I don't think they'll. So have you don't think another
1: so Super Bowl?
0: Mm,
2: no, I don't. I don't think. That, I mean,
1: I, that's assuming though, there's going to be new NFL stadiums every single year. I mean, I don't see why Houston couldn't get in the loop. In, well, in between you've got, those, I mean, New Orleans, New yeah. Orleans, the way New is,
0: Orleans used to be, New Orleans used to be in the rotation. And They still are, but you have, but that stadium is is lesser than with NRG. Look, I tend to agree.
1: But like, I just I don't think the obviously LA is going to be in the rotation. LA, For Vegas, sure. Miami, For sure.
2: I think the indoor stadium in Chicago is going to be pretty popular. Like, but like Come between Chicago is going to be a one and done. It's uh, not be if it's indoor. freezing cold. I know, but like not if it's indoor because they won't do. minute They'll go back to Minnesota at some point.
1: Will they? I don't know. I think they will. I, I think don't want to hear the media even, complain about how cold it is. Yeah, the entire radio. York, row. Well, I, was I said, think you're wrong. I think New
0: York, Chicago, Minneapolis. You're going to get a one-time opportunity exactly. to host yeah. one as a as a thank you. Yeah. But you ain't going to be in the rotation because the media and the fans well, and the all luck. that, they're not going to want to go there.
2: To be honest, if if the media's opinion matters, then the Super Bowl definitely never, never coming back here. Because the media hates coming here. Why? I mean. Because of the heat. The heat, the traffic. It's not also like. Traffic?
0: L.A., New York?
2: I know, but like. Dude, the the relentless bitching about the Super Bowl in Houston is way more than any other city. I, like, way more than any other city. Yes, like and now look, more we, than the Super Bowl, Jacksonville got. Oh, maybe not Jacksonville, <laughs> but like Houston is like one of like the in terms of like media, like the outside media. Like when you hear them talk, or, like complain about Super Bowl cities. I didn't know that. Houston's, I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, Houston's always at the top, and they're like the places I never want to go ba- back to. And look, maybe it's selective listening by me. Of like who I yeah, hear, yeah. I like, just I never got that vibe. But like there are a couple guys like Ryan Rossillo like and like you can hear like you've heard like Greeny in the past too has gone on a fit. Or like they just don't like
0: coming here. So like I and like I also I don't think the media opinion should matter. The like, no, media shouldn't, but fans and things to do and restaurants and other activities, other sports. When I was with the Rockets and the Super Bowl was here, and the fact that they could go to a, two NBA games that week, they thought was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, they have everything, golf courses, because they're going to do all kinds of golf tournaments and things.
2: Of course, the Twitch thinks that I'm saying this. I'm not saying this. But I'm telling you, like, I've heard plenty of national media members say how much they dislike coming here for the Super Bowl. I haven't heard that. All right, well, the Wheel of Bits next here on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5.
0: It's the Wheel of Bits on the Killer Bees.
1: Kibbles and bits, kibbles and bits. I'm going to get me some kibbles and bits.
0: Who knows the bits the bees will begrudgingly bite? Well, let's find out. What's your power five? Here's Joel and Jeremy. And Joe. All right,
2: the Wheel of Bits here on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Today is the 12-year anniversary of when Yao Ming officially retired from the NBA. So we're going to do What's Your Power Five. So we obviously know number one. Is Dream. Number one Rocket of all time, Dream, right? There's no... there's no, no, Nothing can be come close to
0: that. Nothing compares to him? There's nothing close. Like I, I don't totally even know agree. if a player won another title, it would matter. I, I mean, how do you argue that point? I, I mean, look, I know that there's the honks that love the beard and Slim Jim. He didn't win anything. And he also all, didn't handle himself with the same amount of class and everything. Now, sure, I, at the end of his run... Dream and Charlie Thomas got sideways for, and that created that year in Toronto. But overall, Dream was the the classiest model set, and he gave you the city its first championship. He gave them back to back championships. He did everything and anything you could ever ask for from a premier star player on sure. a team, and he took you to the promised land. All right. So, number one, this is where it feels like the
2: debate is it starts here. Okay. Yao James. Is that fair? Are those your next two in your top five Rockets of all time? I
0: mean, Murph's in the conversation. Sure. Murph has to be in the conversation. Wouldn't you have to put Moses in the conversation? Moses, is, wa- a, Moses is a tricky one. Because you he won an spent, MVP here. He won an MVP here. He won a title in Philly. He played multiple places in a long career. So it's one of those, kind of like Elvin, where Elvin had his most success as elsewhere. a team elsewhere. He had good years when he was here. Moses had an MVP year here with, with basically no... I mean, he took a team on his shoulders, but overall,
1: they went. He was on the finals team in '80, in right? '80 against the yeah.
0: Celtics, where they were like forty-one and forty-one, and they got in and then made a run. Um, I think Moses is on the list. It's just it's a little bit more like the one that is, shouldn't be on the list that are people going to put up is Clyde. Clyde's a Portland Trailblazer in my mind. Yeah, he he
2: can't belong. He didn't play her well. But bit.
0: a lot of people, Joe, are going. I I agree with you. But a lot of people are going to push well, for Clyde to be on that list. I think that's kind of the Elvin thing a little bit, where it's
2: the it's the collective of the, the Cougs and
1: the Rockets. So, do these have to be players who you would identify? Like, if, See, they, if I, they were no, the Hall of no, Fame it's putting however, on a hat, they're no, a Rocket. However, you
0: would identify it. Like, it's, what are your top five Rockets of all time? I hate find? the Mount Rushmore, but I, I get this because it's the anniversary. But I, I don't think Yao, because his career was cut short by injury, I, I don't think. And, and and Yao didn't win an MVP, and James did. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to say that Akeem is number one, and whether you like him as a person or not, or how it all played out and how he left, I think James is number two. Yeah, I think that's how most people would have it.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know argue. that Yao's
0: number three. Who do you think, Who is your three? I mean, I think he's in the discussion. I think Murph's in the discussion, and Murph's you know spent his entire career here.
1: Could you include? Coach, and he's if, in the Hall of Fame. Could you include coaching and put Rudy I mean, T in the top too. five? If you include Rudy T as a player and a Because he was an all-star as a player. Obviously, until he got, five, 500 yeah, wins to his as a coach. Deal, he, got, he got obliterated
0: by a punch. Otherwise, there's a lot of people that thought his career still could have gone a lot farther as a player. So, Rudy, if you just take body of work, it's like, yeah, Yao's in the Hall of Fame as a basketball contributor because of what he meant to the sport worldwide. But it's not because of his player stats as an NBA player. Rudy... Would be on this list as a contributor in all aspects. Coaching had some, you know. He and CD were the general managers. Player spent his whole career here. Mm-hmm. So Rudy,
1: I think is when you, and you look I, at the I think retired he, I, Yeah, I think I'd put him on my top five.
0: Yeah, I think he's in there. So your top five would be Akeem James, Yep, Rudy, Yep,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Murph, Murph, and. Moses and Yao is a good conversation to have, but yeah. I might
1: lean Moses. I do. Where's T Mac fall on the list? Short, just short, like 6 just short. Seven. Yao and Yao and T Mac
0: to me might be just short. I mean, T Mac didn't play his whole career here. Yao did. Yao didn't have a full career here. T Mac played a, a full career elsewhere. Yao's career is just so tough because it was. It's very short. Who do you think of T Mac? And this is the way I always do it because I always oh, have a tough time. If T-Mac, we always talk about busts in the Hall of Fame. If T-Mac goes into the Hall of Fame, which jersey is he wearing? To me, it's Orlando. That's I, where he broke out. He was drafted in Toronto. He had some good years, but his true breakout years were in Orlando. Yeah, I think of him as a magic first.
1: Yeah, it's tough. I think I actually lean Rocket on that. I think he had his really? best success as a Rocket. Um, obviously, he had the long streak of never making it past the first round, so it's all kind of the same, but yeah, I kind of view him as a Rocket. Huh.
2: I think Mo- I think there's a lot of people who would say Raptors too. T-Mac's an interesting one. It is because like that those Raptors years were so exciting. I mean, what he, for him? Yeah, he Vince. was so young, but back he was he was so fiddle
0: to b- Vince Carter at that time. Yeah, too. but like some of those highlights are awesome. what some of the highlights? with the Rockets were awesome to b yeah. macs point when he was riding Sean Bradley on the ride the Cowboys, dunk. Oh, yeah, that's one that's going to live in Rockets history forever. Well, and then what the what is it? Thirteen seconds or less.
1: Yeah, 30, that, too, that was uh, yeah. a big one. That yeah, was, yeah. A it was a 30 one. points and... No, it was 13, well, 13 points
0: in 30, 35 seconds. 13 yeah. and 32 or whatever it was. But, um, I mean, so that's where I kind of break it down too. Yao was only a rocket. Only Yao's career was cut short by, you know, uh, unfortunate injury. Do you think it's unfair that people question his Hall of Fame status? Uh, as a contributor, you shouldn't. But I, I, I understand it if they question it as a player because it wasn't long enough. But when you look at other sports with... Barry Sanders and and and, and um, Megatron with the Lions, both
1: Calvin Johnson
0: cut too soon. Gail Sayers way back, yeah. Calvin Johnson with the Lions as well. Gail Sayers because of injury, his career was cut short. Jim Brown didn't play his full career. He he quit prematurely, but they all got in. So if if you're saying that, and then you look at what is look at what the end it's meant to the NBA popularity and revenue wise in, in across the world, but specifically in China, what Yao did for basketball. I mean, he revolutionized by making it a worldwide sport in China. I think that's why Yao's in the Hall of Fame.
2: Yeah. Well, and that's because I think people often forget that it's the basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, sure. it's, it's, the not, not, it's right. not the NBA Hall of Fame. It's not the NBA Hall of Fame. right. And sometimes, like, when people criticize basketball players for getting in, like, they, they just don't. A lot of people go after Monty Ginobili for getting into the Hall of Fame. Is he a Hall of Famer? If he's if it's just the
0: NBA, well, Hall of Fame? it's also how you're no. inducted. If you're inducted as just a straight player, now it's a legit conversation to have. And our championships worth more than than career stats. What did they put Rudy in as? Was he just a coach? Uh, they I, put him just as a coach. Right? I believe he was just which as is a coach. so
2: stupid. Like the fact that they, I don't I don't know how you don't include both parts of someone's career. Because
0: but the basketball is just as a caveat because he had a
1: good career cut yeah, yeah, short, yeah. but. Two titles and a gold medal. Two
0: championships, a gold medal. Yeah. He took a scab team of of non-NBA really good players and, and was able to, to win, a, win a gold medal again, I believe. I mean, he did a ton of stuff as a coach that legitimized everything that he should be. He belongs in there and he belongs in as a coach. The player part is just kind of, oh, and by the way, to kind of strengthen his case, because he got screwed over. Look, the politics in, in voting for the Basketball Hall of Fame are serious. Murph took himself off of that committee. It's because you could not believe Guy V. Lewis would not get in because of politics. Guy V. Lewis only got into the Hall of Fame. Because he was dying. Well, and Elvin Hayes
2: protested. He said he would never go back to the Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, and that was on top of when Murph yeah. took his name off the
1: committee exactly. and said, I won't do this anymore like you had, unless you put Guy like, in. You
0: had Murph go off, like and then like when I was doing
2: the radio show with it's
1: Elvin. It's embarrassing that it took that to get him in. It's yeah.
2: You're, you're exactly right. Like like you have to have Elvin Hayes, who has been top fifty, top seventy five, whenever they've done those lists. He has to be
0: like, I'm literally never coming back. Yeah. Like I, I will not show my face here. I will not. Come it to any just of your legitimizes events. that it's not about uh, accolades and, and yeah. accomplishments. It there's the political pot, the and, uh and just the uh, the dark side of it is
2: real and it's sad. And the real, real reason why, like the basketball hall of fame, annoys me the most is that I hate that they put in college coaches while they're still coaching. <laughs> I, like I don't know, it, like it really bothers me.
0: Like I, I can like, understand that Coach though. K is a hall of famer.
2: Duh. He shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame
0: already. Well, it's kind of like with the other sports that say five years after your last game played or coached, you are eligible for induction in the Hall of Fame. That's legit. All right. Because guys like to come back. JP France is on the mound tonight as the Astros get their series
2: underway with the Oakland A's. We talk about it next year on the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. One, two,
0: one, two, three, four. Welcome back. To the Killer Bees on ESPN
1: 97.5 Killer Bees are also known as Africanized Bees And we all know there's nothing Africanized about these two guys It's Joel Blank and Jeremy
0: Branham 0% today because Jeremy's not here Oh yeah, you don't know my ethnic background Slow down, Chief. Well, that's, but Jeremy says 3% all the time, and you don't, you don't jump in. Cause it's, cause again, it could get me into a worthless argument that I don't want to be in. Well, no, but is there, is I give, at least I give you value in the argument. Today. Is there any, any, is there any percentage for you that remains for you to be,
1: you, you might have to, you know, familytree.com or whatever it is. Have you guys done that? Well, I did. What a waste of money. Yeah, I, I, just, something about giving my DNA to some companies. Yeah, that's I that. to me. Yeah, I don't need all that. Yeah, I don't need it.
0: Yeah, I, we did it. You'd rather do Collegard? At Wait. least you're giving your
1: crap away. I, I, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I want another. I've to seen look
1: way, it. way too many conspiracy documentaries and in espionage movies to want to give my DNA to some company. I. You're not wrong. We did it, my wife and I. And really?
0: I. I don't really know why. I was going to say, was this, like, something that you were adamant about finding out about ancestry or...
1: I don't know why. We, like, I'm like, I knew I... Was this I, right before your kid was born so you could find find that out for him?
2: No, like, and even that... So there's no
1: rhyme or reason. How much did it cost? Oh, uh, we were...
2: See, the thing is, they were gifts. Oh, okay. So I was like, I think Well, we then got, someone else cared. I think it was, like, someone gave it to us as, like, um... Like, it was, like, a, just, like, it was, like, a stocking stuffer for, like, Christmas one year or something like that.
0: Maybe that meant someone wanted to really find out what was... What was in the makings of Joe George? Irish and Scottish. What a challenging guess. Okay. Maybe a little bit of English. Oh, that got lost in the shuffle. Wales. Don't get me started. <laughs> Wales. No, you're such a <laughs> don't jerk. Get, don't get me started.
2: You're such a jerk. I didn't say anything. Um, all right. J.P. Francis back on the mound tonight as the Astros get ready to take on the Oakland Athletics. We're back on the West Coast. I hate West Coast baseball. It's absolutely. I despise it. Uh, first pitch at 840 tonight. What are your expectations for the next three games?
0: Well, since I wanted Sweet. to go five and one on this trip, I expect a sweep because I don't expect to be wrong, because it's exactly what I wanted for this team. I know you and Jeremy said four and two. I wanted five and one. I still believe it's attainable at five and one. And it should be five and one if they handle their business correctly. So go in and take care of, as Jeremy calls them, the single A's. And do what a lot of teams struggle with. You've seen more than enough teams go into Oakland and have problems. You haven't had problems with the A's all year. Don't let it start now because those objects – Yeah,
1: they did get swept last year by the A's.
0: Last year. This year, they've swept the A's and taken care of business handily in the series they've played the A's. This is why they have to do it right now because the Rangers aren't going away. And the Rangers are taking care of their business and sweeping really good teams. Your schedule, at least at the end of this trip, is still conducive for you to go handle your business and make up some ground, you got to go take care of the eight. Especially with the way the
2: Rangers are playing, no they question. Just, they're just rolling, man. Like they just like it doesn't matter what they do, they just they just keep finding a way to win. And and like it's not even like they do it ugly, like it's they just they win collectively. Easy, well, they're often. It like. I
0: mean, look, you could say that. Well, everybody was worried about and thought at a certain point their pitching was going to, you know, kind of just deconstruct. Because of DeGrom not being there. And sure, they've held up their end of the bargain. But it's been a lot easier to hold up your end of the bargain when your offense is just blowing people over by pounding balls off the walls and in the stands. And you've got everybody having... like You've got two rookies or younger guys, almost rookies, making the all-star team. You've got Garcia really having a breakout year. They're playing great. And then you got the two guys you spent all your money on actually giving you return on investment with Seeger and Simeon. So... They're having a monster offensive year, which makes it so much easier on a pitching staff trying to make up for the loss of Jacob deGrom. And for that reason and those reasons alone, you've got to handle the A's. Yeah, and, and that's where you,
2: what, the three-game series? Like, it's only, you got to go two and one. I, I know, but I'm, I just feel like it's unfair to ask baseball teams for I, I, a sweep. I, don't, I get
0: it. It's unrealistic. I I want, they have to go three and oh. I want them to finish this road trip five and one, and it's still possible. So then do it, damn it. I, I agree. I could agree with you, but like I just. Four
1: game series, by the way. Oh, is it a
0: four
2: game yeah. series? Oh, then three and one.
0: You have to go three and one. Okay. And I want them to sweep.
2: I, well, I know you want them to, but it just doesn't happen that I'm often. demanding that they sweep. Dem- what happens if they don't do it?
0: I don't know. Well, you demanded it. Well, it depends on what the Rangers do. What happens when you demand the kids to do something and they don't do it? Well, that's when their mom talks to them. Not okay. when, I, when, I, when I talk to them, they listen. <laughs> There's it. a difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mom will let them out. I'm not letting them out. Do what you're told.
1: Is this the panic point for Javier and Brown? Because they're both coming up in this series. I mean, you you can make an excuse for Hunter Brown and and obviously pitching in Colorado. Maybe excuses can be made for Javier uh, for whatever reason. But if they don't dominate the A's, is that the panic button moment?
0: And because they have in the past. Right. Right. Previously, too. I'm more concerned about Javier than I am Hunter Brown. Hunter Brown's fastball was fine the other day. And I said the first obvious out is going to be his breaking pitches weren't breaking like they normally do because of the altitude in Colorado. Javier, you know, Jeremy and I had where I was negative and Jeremy was positive that because I said, it's good to see his fastball back, but I didn't like his secondary pitches. And Jeremy was more, uh, you know, glass half full because he saw the fastball back and thought that he was closer to becoming the old Javier. I didn't see that. I need to see that again against a lesser than team. He should be dominant. Hunter Brown should be good. Javier should be dominant against the A's. It, this is almost
2: like when we started you know, the season with J.P. France and these guys and we started giving them their songs.
0: And it was like, what's the bar? And we, we want a quality start. That's just what I want from both these guys. I think Hunter Brown, it's fair to say quality start. I think Javier, it's fair to say... You take that up a notch. It should be two runs or less. It should be closer to sure. one run or less, and it should be again the strikeouts, the fastball where it needs to be not only in placement, velocity, but more importantly than anything else, the secondary pitches are why he was so unhittable. He's got to get that. He's got to get control of them. And that's where it's to me, it's it's almost like
2: it's like baby steps, and that's where I think the quality start is like that baby step into the next outing. It's just. Get a quality start. Get some get some depth. That's a big part of Hunter Brown and Javier over this next series too. Is this should be a four game series in which you don't tax your bullpen. That's true. Like you have That's absolutely you have all these high leverage guys that have pitched way
0: too see, much. This is a series where you do need your offense, I think, a little bit to smash it. But I put Hunter Brown in the category of JP France. If they just keep giving me quality starts, I'm good with that. But 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 what I'm expecting of, of Christian Javier is he's a number two pushing to be a number one that a lot of people thought was going to be in the Cy Young conversation this year, right? For sure. But so it's this been is the reason why you didn't you didn't scoff so much at the injuries that were happening to some of your other starting pitchers. You're like, well, if I go in any playoff series and I've got Javier and I've got Fromber, I'm good. Well, now you got Fromber and you don't know what you have with Javier. So how good are you? It's one thing to say you're expecting Jay, uh, I mean uh, Hunter Brown to possibly be a guy that could do it if Javier can't. But I think that's why starting pitching is so important before the deadline. Because I don't think you can count on, on this quickly in his career to have Hunter Brown take another big step. And I don't know what you can expect of Javier because of what we've seen to this point. That's why he has to be dominant starting right now. I, 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 I tend to agree. It's not that I don't. It's just that I,
2: I, I think to see what he's gone through to that dominant in just one start. I think it's probably just like a little bit unrealistic
0: it would be if you were playing the twins or the Rays or the even you know above average teams you're playing the A's your stuff should translate there's no altitude you've've you've dominant yeah, you've you, bent, you've dominated, you sh- but as a pitcher you should mow them down this, they're, they're so bad I mean, like this is they're one of the worst baseball teams we've ever seen I mean if you're naming A's you either you just name former Astros or you're out of luck. You know, you, you start with Tony Kemp and Alemdes Diaz. Mm-hmm. And you go to and, and now been I really bad. And and uh uh center fielder 20 number two, now right field 22 that was an Astros prospect they traded away that that got into the fights with the hitting coach. So you can't even give it to me. No, nope, I can't. People I are, can't, can't. Yeah, I can. Loriano? Nelson I mean yeah, Laureano? Yeah, Oh, that's okay. It. But yeah, it those are the three at, with Astros ties that you could name other than that, name me an A.
1: You can't. That's well, why they, the only reason I can this name this is, is why, because of fantasy baseball. Yeah. Right, but
0: this
2: is why Javier needs to be dominant. I. It'd be nice to see. That's for damn sure. Like
0: If the Astros get your way, Joel, and they sweep, yeah. and Javier is dominant. Now the fan base is fired up. The team's feeling good. They're getting Altuve and Jordan back you just for hope a the, tougher
2: stretch. You just hope the Rangers lose a couple games. Sure,
0: but it's a still, it, you still feel good
2: about where you are. Yeah, especially like in this stretch. You know, I, I you said at five and one, so they'd have to sweep to get to that point. You know, through a six game stretch, and, and it was obtainable then. And look, it is obtainable now. You you should dominate the Oakland A's. So, who,
1: and if you do, you should, you in theory. And, and I know I, I'm saying this after back to back wins that the Rangers have had over the Rays, but they have the Dodgers this week. I going to so say the Rangers. So have, you should be able to gain, gain at least the game if you go out there and take care of uh, business against the uh, Dodgers. Are pissed because the, the
0: Orioles kind of gave them the business. So, hopefully, the Dodgers come in with the red ass, and they, the Rangers haven't last, lost since the All-Star break. Dodgers got to put their foot down, and, and they also got to do you a solid so that you can kind of make up some ground before the end of the month. They might lose on purpose, then. But they, that's what I'm saying. They, no, they're I not don't. thinking about it like that. They're thinking about it from their own standpoint. Season standpoint, if you're getting manhandled by the Orioles and then you go and get used hey, by the Rangers. First place Orioles in the ALE. Yeah, so then there's a major panic <laughs> if, you're, yeah. if you're the Dodgers and Dodger fans going, you better do something before the deadline. Uh, he's
2: Joe Blank. You can find him on Twitter at Pac Joel. Brian McDonald producing for us today on Twitter at Sacked by B I'm Joe George. You can find me on Twitter at Joe George Radio. Coming up next is the Wheelhouse. It will once again be Brad Kellner and Cole Thompson. Beaky. Beaky. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow producing. Patrick will be hosting.
1: Joel's gonna give I'll me a lot. Me. Of,
2: Joel's gonna give me a lot of grief when I leave at two o'clock, so I can drive out to Constellation Field and hang out with B Mac. Promo code. I won't give you a lot of grief
0: if you make that jersey happen.
2: Promo code ESPN nine dollars and seventy five cent tickets for Space Cowboys the uh, Space Cowboys night tomorrow night. Joel and BK Beaky are throwing out the first pitch. Is Beaky still wait. throwing? Beaky is still throwing. We have. We're free. all
0: gonna be there for the game.
2: Yep. I'll stay. Join for a little us. Bit
0: join us all right get we'll be my back jersey. tomorrow bye